Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of AFK with Tay. Like I always say every episode, um, look it up what AFK means for yourself because I'm not your own personal Google. No, I'm just kidding. It means away from keyboard, but I don't like to say it because it jacks up my rhyme scheme. Yeah, welcome back. On today's very special episode, we will be talking about two games. That's right, two of them. I didn't think that just one would do this time. Um, We're going to be talking about the game of Frankenstein, created by the brilliant Mary Shelley. And then also we're going to be talking about Kindred, that has the name of Octavia Butler attached to it. And we all know that games created by her are a whirlwind. Um, so, you know, you guys know that usually I am accompanied by my co-host group. It's usually a squad of about two to four people, um, but I'm actually in Florida today. I'm on vacation, and I've just been to Universal Studios, so after going there, you do kind of want to talk about the things that excite you, so I'm going to talk about this today. Um, and I've played both games recently, so I, I wanted to bring y'all a special episode where I talked about two, not just one. Um, so we're going to be talking about both these games, and we're just going to be flying solo today. Um, I'm on the Florida, I'm on, I'm in Florida, I'm on a balcony, just, you know, chilling, and we're going to take these thoughts, and we're just going to, we're just going to discuss what these games are about, um, they made me really excited, um, both brilliantly done, so I think it's worth talking about, so we're just going to chill, discuss, I'm flying solo today, so it's going to be a good day. So I don't have really a structure just because I wanted to make this, you know, a really flowy type podcast instead of talking at you guys like you usually hear from other podcasts, um, so we're gonna just going to maybe talk about one, compare it to the other. So I think we're just going to start with our Frankenstein. Let's start there and we'll we'll take it from there. So Frankenstein, obviously created by Mary Shelley, is one of our open world games, one of the few open world games that I've played this year, actually. Um, and by open world, I mean that when you start the game, you're free to do your own objectives Um, but before I get into how the game starts, we're just going to talk about, um, kind of the perspective. So the perspective of this game is that when you start, you create, you press that start button. The very first thing that you're able to do is create a monster. You're going to be able to create a monster and you can give it height and weight and skin color and you can give it comorbidities on its face. Um, the monster I created had horns because why not? Um, so you're able to create a monster, and that can be whatever monster you like. It really is 
it's a pretty extensive list of things that you can choose from. Um, and I think it's worth mentioning that this game is rated E, E for everyone. Um, so I think I should just throw that in there before we get more into the talk about the actual plot of the game. Um, so even though it's open world, it does have a storyline. And you do come across that storyline as long as you do keep playing the objectives. So, like I said, you're able to choose the objectives on your own. Um, but there are objectives that are the main storyline objectives. And then there are objectives that are side storyline objectives. And that main storyline is obviously... Um, the part where we see Mary Shelley's brilliance in it. Um, so after you've created your monster, um, he's dropped, he or she, is dropped into the middle of Europe, literally fell falls from the sky, dropped into a street, and um, you get to see the monster that you created. It's a third-person view, so um, the camera looks like it's behind your monster, so you get to see the outline at least. You use your joystick and you can turn that monster around and then the monster will face you. Uh, so you can kind of view him in the way that he would in relation to shops and sometimes even other humans. Um, now in the game, when the monster is walking, the humans will run away <laughs> because that's what that's just how it's set up. I think it's awesome. Um, so yeah, the audience, it is, it is rated E. So it is for everyone. Um, I know that I have a nine-year-old sister, and after playing it, I think I would completely let her play that. Um, now it does have some mature themes in the objectives, um, but they're kind of those underlying themes that when you're a conscious, cognitive adult, you pick those up. As a kid, you're not really understanding just, just what those are. And we'll get into more of that as well. Um, so like I was saying, it opens up on a creative monster. And then the monster is put into the middle of the street in England. And that means um, we can assume that the monster has already been the monster's mate. Kind of like the Frankenstein book, I would assume, has already been killed. Um, because when he is dropped into England, he is just enraged. And I'm using he just because my monster was a he. You can make your monster a she. Um, so let me add that little tidbit in. Um, we can assume that his mate has already been killed just like in the book. Because when he is dropped, there is just rage in this man. Um, and he's a big guy. And, and it's kind of funny because... They, they create them in the way that <clears throat> when you create your monster, you don't add veins and stuff to him. And then when you drop him, you can see his veins poking out of his neck and his breathe. And you can see his body moving with his breaths. And it's just like, it looks great, like just to see him drop in England. And at the England, it's like a kind of like a stormy day. Obviously, he's not going to be dropped in the sunshine, but it has less of a dramatic effect. Um, he's dropped in England into a stormy day, and his body is, is up and down with his breaths of rage. It's really, it looks so great. 
Um, so the game. The game, um, like I said, you choose your own objectives. And these objectives range from um, things like walking into markets without um, knocking over. It's kind of like bowl in a bowl in a china shop. You get to walk into the shops without knocking over anything. That was one of the objectives. Um, that was one of the side storyline objectives. And then one of these main storyline objectives is um, when, like I said, you can assume that his mate has already been killed. Um, so there's there's only a few main storyline objectives. Um, and one of the one of the ones at the end is that um, um, Victor Frankenstein. Um, we meet him in one of the earlier objectives, and then at the end, um, instead of dying like the book, he runs away on a boat. <laughs> um, so, like I said, if you're an adult, you can kind of understand the mature themes in that one. Um, but in that main objective, we see Victor, Victor Frankenstein board the boat. And it takes off, and then the monster is crying over Frankenstein. And that is like the book, how Frankenstein died, and then the creature um, was crying over his body. It's um, pretty similar in the way that um, it reminds us of that book without having that kind of, for lack of a better word, morbid um, sense to it. That's why I believe it is rated E. Now, if it had been rated TV 14 or even M, they could have, kind of like Kindred is, um, they could have made that uh, more dramatic and um, kind of eerie part to the game. Um, <clears throat> but I think it's I think it's well done how how we it is just him climbing into a boat and then at the end of the game it's it's the monster climbing onto the boat now we all know what that means if if victor frankenstein climbing on a boat means that he has passed it's mean that's when the monster climbs onto the boat that's when the monster has decided to die as well um so yeah i i, I really enjoyed frankenstein i think it was a fantastic adaption to that book that um not I have not read before I heard of the game um so that when I did read the game when I did play the game I went back and I read the book and I think that um they they played off of each other very very well and you can tell that in the game there was some pulling from the book for sure um but our second game that we wanted to talk about um kindred now kindred created by Octo octavia butler is also based on the book um the book is written by octavia butler as well um the book did so well in its um science fiction um, genre, 
you know, you 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 look at a book like Kindred, you you read the back page, um, the kind of synopsis about the book, and you don't think it's going to be a science fiction, and then it is, and it's brilliantly done. And um, in the introduction, actually, I don't know if it was the prologue or the introduction, but it was written by another person. And um, when I had read this book, it was science fiction was not just time travel and pseudoscience. Science fiction is anthropology and the study of the world, not just pseudoscience. So I had never thought about science fiction in that way. Um, And it really, Octavia Butler really uses that anthropologic, if that's a word, (laughs) aspect to play into the science fiction-y type game that she created. Um, So Kindred. Kindred opens up with Dana. She is standing in the kitchen, and it is 1976, I believe. And um, it starts off, and it's it, this is a story mode game, so each move that you make leads to the next storyline. Um, so it starts off, and she is in a kitchen, and um, I don't remember if she was bending down and opening a cabinet, or if she was opening the fridge. She was opening something, and then Kevin walks in. So if you hadn't read the book... You're not going to know who Kevin is, so I'll kind of explain it. (laughs) Kevin is her husband, and a very, well, actually, I was going to say a very important aspect, but it's, I don't even know if very important is a a large enough word for it, but um, an aspect of, of this that's important to note is that Dana is a black woman, and Kevin is a white man, and they're married. And it is in 1976, I believe. I want to say, I want to say Boston, but I'll fact check that. Um, so we we open up in Dana's kitchen, and we meet Kevin, um, and they they go into dialogue. They go into dialogue about um, no. Okay, sorry, I just checked fact check it is in California um and then okay so um Dana is in California Dana and Kevin and then um there is another aspect <laughs> that is set in Baltimore um which is in Maryland so maybe that's where I got the Boston from. <laughs> Who knows? Um, so we see Dana and Kevin. And um, Dana's in the kitchen. So it's an interactive story game. At the at the beginning, once they open up in, into the dialogue with Dana and Kevin, Dana walk, can walk freely in the house. Um, she can open up the fridge. She can grab something to eat. She can turn on the TV. She can sit down. She can watch the TV. Um, she can go out of the back door, which leads to a patio, um, covered patio. And then that overlooks um, the California like landscape. Um, 
But once Dana opens the bathroom door, that's when our storyline begins. So she opens the bathroom door, and spoiler alert, if you haven't read the book or played the game, um, I'm about to go into some grave detail about what it's about. And if you don't want to know, you should probably stop listening. Um, so she opens the bathroom door and that's when the first time travel happens. Um, so she is time traveled and she drops into the, the river right next to the river. And, um, this game being created for Xbox and PlayStation was a, a, perfect platform to use because once she is dropped in that 1819 I believe 1819 Baltimore the trees and the river and the greenery before all the drama happens it really is a pretty serene looking place um, and Xbox and PlayStation did a great job of capturing that um it's gorgeous. It, it, it looks like you're sitting right there. Um, so that was great. And, and it really does look amazing. So if nothing, you should play it just to see how well the graphics look. So she's dropped into Baltimore, into next to a river. And like I was saying, you, you see that gorgeous, um, really gorgeous scenery and then the drama kicks up um to Rufus and Rufus is in a river and I'm sorry if you can hear people uh, right now but there is some shuffling going on outside my door um so we see Rufus Rufus is in a lake Rufus is in a river Rufus is drowning and Rufus is a white boy um I pictured him with ginger hair whether that says it or not in the book, not sure, but in the game, he does have ginger hair. So, um, Rufus is, is a gingered white boy and he's in the river and he is, um, flailing his arms and the water is, is spreading and, and things are, it's going crazy. So Dana, she goes and she saves this little boy. And she pulls him up, and he's doing all right. And then Dana looks up to the barrel of a of a rifle in her face, um, and we soon learn that that is Rufus's father. And Rufus's father, hear them? <laughs> um, our food just got here. Rufus's father is um, pointing a gun at Dana. Um, so let me finish this next little part about the time travel, and then I will come right back. Um, maybe do a little bit of cut, cut and editing, uh, but we'll make it work. This is what happens when you're when you're on vacation, right? Um, so Dana is being threatened with a rifle. Um, so if you're not really understanding, it kind of is set up in the way that. Um, Dana is time traveling from 1976 to 1819, uh, from California to Baltimore, and she keeps 
I'm not going to say keeps. She does keep getting dropped in the same spot with the same people. And that connection will be made. Um, I don't want to spoil everything, but I want you guys to know that this game is awesome and you really have to play it. <laughs> um, so she is time traveling from 1976 to 1819. And we're not sure exactly why. There's no reason for it. And then that connection is made. So let me come right back. All right, we're back, everybody. Um, I have a little food break. And that was no time to you because I'm going to cut this. But to me, it was a it was a good 30 minutes. Um, I'm feeling refreshed. So we're going to get back into it. Um, so where I left off, we were talking about Kindred and the fact that the time travel is from 1976 to 1819. Um, so she's traveling, and every time that she time travels to 1819, she is saving slash helping a boy named Rufus from some sort of incident. So this first time, she is dropped at a river. Rufus is drowning, so she is having to save him from the drowning. Um, another time that she time travels, um, Rufus has broken his leg. So this time where Rufus has broken his leg, Kevin is brought with her. Um, and they are dropped in, I think it's just a field and they see Rufus, Rufus's leg is broken. He's in pain. And he's got a black boy with him. Now, we know this as being a slave boy. Um, and this was around the time Dana had time traveled enough times. She knows just about what's going on. She was actually in the process of trying to obtain some authentic or authentic-looking free papers to indicate that she was a free slave because... When she was time-traveling, she would be time-traveling in 1976 clothes. And she looked like she didn't belong for sure. But if you can imagine, the slave women back in the day, they wore, you know, the dresses. And there was never a woman in pants, slave or a white woman. Um, so when she time-traveled, she looked very out of place and... To the white man, very threatening, um, to be quite honest. So at this point, when she had time traveled um, to the time where Rufus had broken his leg, she was in the process of obtaining free papers. Now, this was the first time that Kevin had time traveled with her. And it was because she could feel it happening, and Kevin had latched onto her and they time traveled together so they both met the little black boy um they sent this boy um i believe one of the options in the game was you could either send for the boy to go find some help or you could send for kevin to go find some help um and the boy went to find the help and it came back with Rufus's dad, and 
another black man who we can assume was another slave, probably a slave to Rufus's father. Um, so they had come back angry and just like they had done the first time. Um, so that was one of the other times that there was a time travel instance. I mean, every single part of this game, every storyline, objective, in between, after you had finished the objective, you had time, kind of like at the beginning, you had time to walk around, do some leisure, and then you would trigger the next objective when you had gotten to whatever that was. Um, for example, one of them was she was at a store, I think, I believe a grocery store, and um, when she had gotten to the cheese and butter aisle, she had turned down that aisle and that triggered the next one. Um, but before that, you could shop around. So it, it was really fun how they did that. Um, each objective, between each objective, you did have some leisurely type, read a book, watch TV, go grocery shopping, <laughs> kind of like The Sims <laughs> in a way. Um, um, but the end, the end of this game was, um, it was, it was hard. Um, so much like the book, Rufus had become just like his father, just like they were expecting and had, there's a relation between Rufus and Dana. And I don't want to spoil it because I want the game to be played. Um, Rufus had done something terrible to one of his slaves and um, that forced Dana to take matters into her own hands and spoiler alert if you don't want to hear um, stop listening Dana had to kill Rufus uh, it was difficult um, the game does give you an option of killing Rufus or um, I believe there was another option that wasn't killing, but, uh, like, capturing him. Um, but then you, you left him there. <laughs> um, but it, it, was, it was hard to play in. And you had to make that decision as if you were Dana. So um, that was the end of, of Kindred. Um, so like I said... Just real quickly, I want to touch on that Kindred is available on Xbox and PlayStation. Um, and it's gorgeous. It, it looks great on Xbox. You know, Xbox has that uh, has that reputation of, of having beautiful scenery, while PlayStation has that reputation of having extra activities or extra amenities, maybe. With the, if you have the remote where you have to stay still, you can use that at some points in the Kindred game. Um, but then for Frankenstein, for Frankenstein, it's offered on Xbox and then Nintendo Switch. So um, I think it's really cool to play on the Switch. The Switch does have the online feature. So if you get online, there is a online you can travel to somebody else's town where their monster resides. 
Um, so that was super cool. Um, overall, both games are amazing. Fantastic. I suggest them both. Um, Kindred took me a couple days, and that was very rigorous playing. And then Frankenstein is more of a leisure type game. You know, you can kind of play it in and out as you want. Um, Frankenstein, to finish it though, combined probably only took me uh, several hours. And that's just the main objectives. Um, now those side objectives, you know, the more you play, the more time it takes, obviously. Um, but yeah, both fantastic games. I would recommend them both. And um, the next episode, we'll have a guest speaker. I will be back with my two to four co-hosts. And yeah, I hope you really enjoyed um, my review. And, you know, I hold myself highly. So if you hold me highly as well, then you should definitely play these. And I think you'll really enjoy them. I really do. And um, we'll see you guys in a few episodes.